0: This week, an odd tweet appeared in my mention from a verified Twitter user, users prominent enough to be granted a blue checkmark by Twitter itself. This one came courtesy of a rapper named Talib Quelly Green. I'll admit I'd never heard of Green until he suddenly appeared in my mentions calling me a racist ass. It turns out Green is a rapper with well over one million Twitter followers and a long history of quote-unquote social activism. A quick search of Green's Twitter feed showed a wide variety of instances of the rapper calling people white boy and coon. Really, which is horrible. He says that this does not make him racist, of course, only the term black boy would be racist, since Green maintains that white people cannot truly be victimized by racism. When I pointed out that seeming incongruity, Green replied, What's the problem, white boy? You think white boy is racist? Wow, you're dumber than I thought. He then dared me to call him black boy, which, of course, I would never do, since that would be racist. What's Green's actual argument? It seems to be that since the derogatory slur black boy was thrown around by lynch mobs, any other derogatory slur can no longer be derogatory. This is the rhetorical equivalent of the argument your mom used to make back in grade school. You're not really hungry. There are children in China who are starving to death. The argument fails for the same reason. Yes, it turns out there are gradations of racism, just as there are gradations of hunger. But you were hungry when you were a kid, even if your bowels weren't distended, and you're a racist if you call someone white boy in derogatory fashion, even if you're not attempting to lynch him. Thanks to the theory of intersectionality, however, such logic goes by the wayside. Intersectionality theory has now taken over the college campuses, leaving the broken corpses of decency and reason in its wake. Intersectionality classifies social categories of race, class, gender, and sexual orientation into a hierarchy of victimhood that decides how you should be treated. If you're a black lesbian, for example, you outrank a a black straight man, and your view must be treated with more care and weight than that of the black straight man. More importantly, since society somehow classifies you as lesser than the black straight, man, you are incapable of ever doing anything to victimize that black straight man. Social powerlessness means that your individual victim status never changes. That's why Green and others on the left believe it's fine to use white boy as a slur. Black people have historically seen discrimination in America. Whites have not. Whites benefit from a more powerful status in society at large, and therefore black people cannot possibly be racist against white people. As Morehouse College professor Dr. Mark Lamont Hill said last year, black people don't have the institutional power to be racist or to deploy racism. There's only one problem with this notion. It's racist. Racism bolstered by power is obviously more dangerous than racism without it. But racism can be used to achieve power, too, generally through the polarization of racial groups against one another. Tribalism is a powerful force. Resorting to a victimhood mentality to explain tribalism away doesn't make it any less toxic. The faster Americans learn that, the faster racism can actually be curbed rather than exacerbated. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. So, if I seem a little frazzled today, it's because the news is utterly insane. It's totally crazy. We'll break it down for you. We'll provide you all the evidence, and you will make your own decision today. Yes, we're going to play a choose-your-own-adventure version of the Ben Shapiro show today, in which I present to you all of the evidence for the various theories as to why the President of the United States just fired the FBI Director, and you will be able to choose which one you think is the most plausible. There are basically three theories. I will present my own as well. One of the three is mine, and uh, we'll talk about which one is the most plausible. But first, I want to say thank you to our friends over at Helix Sleep. So, if you're like me and you don't get a lot of sleep generally, if you're like me and the news took you late into the night, then you value your sleep that much more. That's why you need a mattress from helixsleep.com slash Ben. Right now, if you go to helixsleep.com slash Ben, you answer a few simple questions. They run a 3D biomechanical model of your body through their proprietary algorithms, and then they send you the most comfortable mattress you have ever slept on. They have mattresses that can differentiate two sides of the bed if so so you and your spouse don't actually have to have the exact same type of mattress you can choose a mattress that breathes more you can choose a mattress that absorbs heat more you can choose one that's firmer or one that is softer the mattress arrives in your mailbox in about a week, and shipping is 100% free. You open up the box, it inflates right in front of you because it's a foam mattress. This mattress is so good that I took a more expensive mattress and put it in the other room because I love my Helix Sleep mattress that much. Right now, if you go to helixsleep.com Ben, you get $50 off your first order, $50 off your order when you use helixsleep.com slash Ben, and it's no risk because you have 100 nights to try it out, and if you don't like it, they'll pick it up for free and give you a 100% refund without any questions asked. Again, that's helixsleep.com slash Ben. I sleep better on this mattress. Helix FelixSleep.com slash Ben. Okay, so James Comey is gone. Now, on a raw level, good news. James Comey was a crappy FBI director. If you recall last week, while a lot of the right was saying that James Comey had done a wonderful job explaining his conduct before Congress, I was saying he should be fired because I thought that he's done a crappy job ever since July. And my opinion of him did not change from July to now. He always should have been fired. His firing is a good thing for the FBI. So on that note, I'm glad that President Trump fired him. How he fired him is a little bit weird. So what we heard is that James Comey was giving a lecture at some FBI branch out here in Los Angeles and in the middle of the speech, the TVs behind James Comey started showing the news that he had been fired. <laughs> and Comey <laughs> It is it's all a comedy. It's just a comedy at this point. I'm sorry. It's so freaking funny. And and then Comey apparently said to people that's a funny pretty funny joke. And then like five seconds later, he's pulled off stage and brought into a back room where a letter from Trump to him is read aloud to him by somebody and a manila envelope is is delivered by Trump's personal bodyguard to James Comey, the director of the FBI, at which point the cameras start following James Comey's car through Los Angeles. It's the 405. And all of a sudden, it's back in OJ days. It's like white Bronco days. He's being fo- There's a Rockets game on TV. He's being followed <laughs> over the course of Los Angeles by a camera. Uh, and Zoe uh, Zoe Bobter was the cameraman in the OJ chase. His daughter, Katie her is now covering it. The Clintons are back. Trump is back. We're living in 1994 again, gang. It's totally wild. So pretty amazing stuff. And then just to make things even crazier, this morning after Trump fires Comey, and the theory from the left is the reason that he fired Comey is to cover up his evil Trump-Russia collusion, which, as I said yesterday, there's no evidence of to this point. The, the theory from the left is that's happening. So who did Trump meet with today, today, the day after he fired Comey? He met with Sergey Lavrov, the foreign minister of Russia, and Sergey Kislyak, who's that Russian ambassador who was so controversial that Mike Flynn was basically fired for getting on the phone with him. Trump met and took pictures of both of them today. And then the press pool was told, come in and take pictures of them. They walk in, and who's sitting there? Henry Kissinger, Richard Nixon's secretary of state. So, I mean, this is Trollmaster 101. It's, it's pretty spectacular stuff. Except I don't actually think... I don't actually think that Trump meant to do any of this stuff. So there are basically three theories as to why all of this is going down the way that it's going down. But first, I want to give you the background as to what the Trump administration says was happening in all of this. So yesterday, very late yesterday, there is a letter that is released from the White House by Rod Rosenstein. Rod Rosenstein is the deputy attorney general. Remember, Attorney General Sessions has recused himself from the Trump-Russia investigation and any investigation into the election. And so his deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, he's the one who actually writes this letter. And he writes this long letter explaining why Comey has to go. And he says, The current FBI director is an articulate and persuasive speaker about leadership and the immutable principles of the Department of Justice. He deserves our appreciation for his public service. As you and I have discussed, however, I cannot defend the director's handling of the conclusion of the investigation of Secretary Clinton's emails. And I do not understand his refusal to accept the nearly universal judgment that he was mistaken. Almost everyone agrees the director made serious mistakes. It is one of the few issues that unites people of diverse perspectives. And then the rest of the letter explains exactly what I explained last week, which is that James Comey never should have done what he did in July 2016 when he basically read why Hillary was guilty, then changed the law and recommended that she not be prosecuted. And then in October, he sent a letter that again exposed Hillary Clinton to all sorts of public scrutiny without a tremendous amount of evidence, saying that Hillary Clinton's emails had been discovered on on Anthony Weiner's computer, and then a few days later, he exonerated her, and Rod Rosenstein says all of this means that this is a mess, and Comey basically had to go. Now, he never explicitly says in his letter that Comey is supposed to go, which is sort of important for a reason I'll explain in a second, but... He says, we should reject the departure from tradition. Although the president has the power to remove an FBI director, the decision should not be taken lightly. I agree with the nearly unanimous opinions of former department officials. The way the director handled the conclusion of the email investigation was wrong. As a result, the FBI is unlikely to regain public and congressional trust until it has a new director. Okay, so that is the reason that is being put forth by the Trump administration is that Trump was really mad at how at how James Comey handled the Hillary investigation. No. Yes. Get right, Austin. Right. What? That, that is exactly the right question. That is exactly the right question. Because here is Donald Trump talking in October about how much he loves James Comey for how he handled the Hillary investigation.
1: And it took guts for director Comey to make the move that he made in light of the kind of opposition he had where they're trying to protect her from criminal prosecution. You know that.
0: Now I guess the story is that he's really pissed at how they hurt Hillary. They were so mean to Hillary. I remember an entire campaign of Trump chanting, lock her up. So no on this. No. Just no. Okay. That's a bunch of crap. That's a, and and here's the proof. It's a bunch of crap. The director from Trump to Comey actually firing him says, quote, while I greatly appreciate you informing me on three separate occasions that I am not under investigation. I nevertheless concur with the judgment of the department of justice that you are not effectively able to lead the bureau. OK, so so what he's really saying there is that he's pissed at Comey because he thinks Comey hasn't closed up the Trump-Russia investigation in expedient fashion. So I want to talk about what exactly that means, because there's two theories of how that comes down. But first, I need to point out the hypocrisy of the Democrats. So I've pointed out Trump's hypocrisy, saying that this is all the that, that he had to go because of how the Clinton investigation was handled, even though he sort of was a fan of how the Clinton investigation was handled in the end because it made him win in part, at least partially – Okay, here's the Democratic hypocrisy. Well, let me finish with the Republican hypocrisy first. Jeff Sessions also said that Comey had to go on the basis of his handling of the Clinton investigation. Here is Jeff Sessions way back when saying Comey did the right thing.
1: There's some serious allegations here that the American people need to know are fully investigated. And, I, I you know, FBI Director Comey did the right thing. When he found new evidence, he had no choice but to report to the American Congress where he had under oath testified the investigation was over. He had to correct that and say this investigation is ongoing now. And I'm sure...
0: What? Okay, so so it's Sessions and Trump now say that Comey has to go because of the Clinton stuff, uh, that's not what's happening. Meanwhile, the Democrats are also hypocrites. So Donald Trump is ripping Chuck Schumer because Chuck Schumer was out there saying that this is the end of the world and he should never have fired Comey. Back in November, he was saying that Comey should have been fired. And Trump rightly says, crying Chuck Schumer stated recently, I love that the nicknames are back. You know that Trump's on his game when uh, the nicknames are back and dropping the G's. Cryin, Chuck Schumer stated recently, I do not have confidence in him, James Comey, any longer Then, act so indignant. Hashtag drain the swamp. So now he's saying that he's draining the swamp of Comey, the guy who he reappointed five seconds ago and basically blew him a kiss. Actually, physically blew him a kiss while he was saying that he was going to reappoint him, which is just amazing. Meanwhile, the Democrats are indeed hypocrites. So Nancy Pelosi saying that this is just the worst thing in the world that Trump fired Comey. I seem to remember Nancy Pelosi saying something different. Here's what Nancy Pelosi said just a few months ago. And these jobs, if you're not in it for a while, you can't take the heat. And I think he just couldn't take the heat from the Republicans. So Comey should have gone back in November. But now she's all pissed that Comey's leaving. Here's an entire montage of Democrats saying the same thing.
1: President Trump called me and informed me he was firing Director Comey. I told the president, Mr. President... With all due respect, you were making a big mistake. Senator Harry from Nevada says Comey broke the law. One Democratic lawmaker is calling on Comey to resign. The FBI director, okay, you violated these two protocols. That kind of an ambiguity bomb this close to election was a terrible lapse in judgment. I agree with Eric Holder. I think here, um, Director Comey made a great mistake. So I call it an October betrayal. Of long-standing FBI protocol, sitting FBI director has abused his power. He was acting in concert and coordination with the House Republicans in the story. I think that uh, Comey acted in an outrageous way. Should he step down? I think he should take a hard look at uh, what he has done. Okay, that's a series uh, of Democrats
0: a- from back in November. That is Bernie Sanders. That is, uh, I think that's Elijah Cummings. That's uh, a bunch of, of other. That's Chuck Schumer. Uh, that is uh, that was Tim Kaine from Virginia. So basically, all the Democrats back in November wanted him fired. Now they don't want him fired. Jeffrey Tubin of CNN, who's the legal analyst last night, who's going crazy over Comey being fired. Here is a small montage of Jeffrey Tubin, the legal analyst at CNN, what he had to say about James Comey up until the point James Comey was fired
1: the idea that they were obliged to do this on top of quote Comey's uh, statement about Hillary Clinton last week it, it just shows uh, at least that they are oblivious and incompetent if not actively partisan in this in this uh, presidential race uh, Jeff first of all on this whole Mark Ridge document done from the FBI is it just a coincidence that it happened now well perhaps it, it is certainly uh, bizarre uh, as someone who has made um, FOIA requests to the FBI they are notoriously terrible about responding to the them. They take years. They don't re- release documents in in any sort of orderly or consistent way. I mean, it is conceivable that this was mm. just a coincidence, but coming on top of uh, the Director Comey's, you know, very unusual and controversial release last week, it just makes the FBI look like a like a wing of the Republican Party. With, why did James Comey compel- feel compelled? to release the information that they were looking into these emails right before the election. That this is the remains. CNN's
0: legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin spending the entire election cycle saying Comey should be fired. And then, of course, he turns around and says, no way, he shouldn't be fired. This is all crazy. OK, so. This brings us to our three theories, which I will get to in just a second, our three theories of why Trump did what Trump just did with James Comey. And this is the important part. So we'll get to that in just a second. But first, I want to say thank you to our new advertisers over at Indochino. So Indochino is a suit company. They basically make made-to-measure suits fit and, and and they fit fantastic. Okay, I, I went over to an Indochino store over on uh, on Santa Monica Boulevard in Beverly Hills, and it was a wonderful experience. They they fit it directly to you. They fit a suit directly to you. You pick your fabric. They have about a thousand different variations on how you can actually have the suit done, from lapel size to the to the the weave of the fabric to the the design of the design of the lining of the fabric to how the lapel button should be. I mean, it's really amazing stuff. Super detailed, and they make sure that everything fits directly to you you over at Indochino. You can visit their showroom or shop online at Indochino.com. You can pick your fabric, choose customizations from lapels to pleats to jacket linings, submit your measurements yourself. You can either do it online yourself, have your spouse do it for you, or you can head over to one of their shops where they have their professionals doing it. Uh, I worked with a gal over there who was just terrific, really knew what she was doing and was able to advise me because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about when it comes to suits on what would fit the best. Uh, indochino.com I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Any premium Indochino suit right now, if you use promo code SHAP- is just $379. And that's not an off-the-rack suit gang. That's a that's a that's a suit that is made to fit you. It is a, it will fit you perfectly. That's what they that's what they essentially make sure happens. Again, it's promo code Shapiro at Indochino.com, any premium Indochino suit for just $379, which is a fantastic deal. That's 50% off their regular price for made to measure premium suits. I mean that is a great deal. Shipping as well is free. Again, that is Indochino.com promo code Shapiro. You're only going to need to buy one of these suits, and it's going to replace everything else in your wardrobe. Basically, all, all the other suits you worn are going to look crappy next to the Indochino suit that you just bought because it's made to fit just for you. There's nothing better than a tailored suit. Indochino.com promo code Shapiro. That's a really great price. I mean, when I spent for my wedding suit, it was like a thousand dollars way back when. That's the most I'd ever spent on a piece of clothing. Still is the most I've ever spent on a piece of clothing. You can get you know that same suit but better from Indochino at. Indochino.com promo code Shapiro for $379 when you use that promo code. Fantastic company. Uh, It was a lot of fun to visit the shop, by the way. You should go over, and if you can, you should go over and check it out in person. If not, send in the measurements, and they will send you a suit that is made to order. Okay, so here are the three theories about why Trump fired James Comey now. So there are really two questions. One is... Does it have anything to do with the Trump-Russia investigation? And the second is, why did he do it now? So as we pointed out, it makes no sense to suggest that Donald Trump fired James Comey over his incompetence over the Hillary Clinton investigation. But that is theory number one. So theory number one is that he fired him for incompetence. Multiple letters from the administration say that Trump was told over and over and over that Comey needed to go. There are a variety of reasons why he needed to go. Number one, his July 2016 exoneration of Hillary Clinton. Number two, the October 28th letter informing Congress that the FBI had uncovered new emails. And number three, that just... A couple of days ago, he appeared before Congress to explain himself, made an ass of himself, and the FBI had to restate the evidence in order to prevent him from having committed perjury. He lost the trust of the administration, and so he had to be fired. That's the most clear and obvious explanation. It also does not explain the timing. It doesn't explain why exactly this happened when it happened. It doesn't explain why exactly Trump did it now, right? He should have fired Comey immediately upon entering office or beforehand. He should have, or if he wanted to fire him now, he should have gone him to listen, Director Comey, we've lost confidence in you, but we want to make sure that there's some sort of institutional stability, there's not a big scandal, we want to have your help in transitioning away from this being your department to somebody else's department, here's a list of nominees, let's work on this, and let's try and figure out a way to transition this more smoothly. That's not what happened, and there are serious questions as to why that didn't happen. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that this had nothing to do with the Clinton investigation. Number one, as I mentioned, Trump is obviously very, very angry at James Comey over Russia. In that letter, as I mentioned, there's a phrase that says, well, I greatly appreciate you informing me on three separate occasions, I am not under investigation. I nevertheless concur with the judgment of the DOJ. You're not able to effectively lead the bureau. So he's really pissed at Comey over Russia. I'll explain this doesn't necessarily mean corruption, but he's pissed at Comey over Russia. Politico has reported something similar today. He had grown enraged by the Russia investigations, two advisors said, frustrated by his inability to control the mushrooming narrative around Russia. He repeatedly asked aides why the Russia investigation wouldn't disappear, demanded they speak out for him. He would sometimes scream at TV clips about the probe, one advisor said. Trump had grown angry with the Russia investigation, particularly Comey admitting in front of the Senate that the FBI was investigating his campaign. So he's pissed at Comey for not coming out and saying there's nothing here. And so he fired him is the theory. He's been using Twitter to bash the Trump-Russia investigation. The day before he fired Comey, he tweeted, The Russia-Trump collusion story is a total hoax. When will this taxpayer-funded charade end? The next day Comey was gone. Third point, Rosenstein, remember the guy who wrote that long letter explaining why Comey should go? His letter was dated yesterday. If this was a long time in coming, why was the letter about when he should be fired dated the day that he was fired. So here's the problem, okay? The Trump administration said that it took them 18 days to fire Michael Flynn after they were informed by the acting attorney general that Michael Flynn was compromised by the Russians, but it took them apparently 18 seconds to fire the FBI director after the deputy attorney general said, oh, by the way, he's bad at his job. So that's th- this was basically just an excuse. Clearly, Trump's surrogates don't know what's flying, so this makes it look like it was spur of the moment, not like this is a long time in coming. And He clearly didn't fire Comey over the Clinton stuff, as we pointed out earlier. So theory number one has some holes in it. This theory that Trump fired him for simple incompetence. Now, that's, you know, there are people who are who are trying to maintain that. So there was there was a hint yesterday that this was coming. Sean Spicer was asked at a press conference whether Comey had Trump's confidence. And he said this. Does the president still have confidence, full confidence in FBI director James Comey? I have no reason to believe I haven't asked him. So I, I don't I've not asked the president since the last time we spoke about this. And the last time you spoke about it, you said he did have confidence, but you're not sure to say that again now. Well, I, I don't in light of what you're telling me, I don't want to start speaking on behalf of the president without speaking to him first. So that was a hint that this was coming. Spicer disassociating himself. Susan Collins, senator from Maine, she says that Comey's refusal to indict Hillary is the reason why he's gone.
1: It seems to me that this may have been the inevitable conclusion of Director Comey's decision last July to go public with the reasons that he had decided not to recommend an indictment of Hillary Clinton. I think that. He is a very well-intentioned individual, but that decision to bypass the normal rules of the Justice Department, which he could have gone to the deputy attorney general. problem is uh, so she's,
0: she's backing the narrative from the administration, but the problem, as I pointed out here, is that there's real timing problems. Charles Krauthammer said the same thing last night.
1: To fire him summarily with no warning uh, in the middle of May, because there's something that happened in July. Is, is almost inexplicable. Second, the reason ostensibly is, as you read in that letter, for doing something that you're not supposed to do, to usurp the attorney general. But second, to release all that information which was damaging to Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump's opponent. Do we really believe that Donald Trump, after all these months, decided suddenly he had to fire this guy because he damaged Hillary back in July? Another implausible conjecture.
0: Okay, and Crowdhammer is exactly right. Of course, Senate Intelligence Committee Chairman Richard Burr, he says he doesn't understand why this firing is happening now. Even Senate Republicans are puzzled by this. Oh, we don't have that. Okay. So he said that. So in other words, so there there are congressional Republicans who are upset about this. So theory number one, that this was basically a straightforward firing of a guy who was incompetent. It doesn't really wash. Okay, theory number two is the one the Democrats are pushing. Theory number two is the idea that this was an incompetent cover-up, that basically James Comey was getting this close to uncovering the collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians. Okay, that is theory number two. That is backed up by a piece today in the New York Times that suggests that just days before he was fired, Comey asked for more money in the Russia investigation. This is according to the New York Times. They say Mr. Comey asked for the resources during a meeting last week with Rod Rosenstein, the deputy attorney general who wrote the DOJ memo that was used to justify the firing. Of the FBI director. Comey then briefed members of Congress on the meeting in recent days. Okay, there's a bunch of Democrats who are pushing this narrative that it was an incompetent cover up, basically. And here's Elizabeth Warren pushing that narrative.
1: Comey was not fired because of Hillary, Comey was fired because of the Russians.
0: OK, so that, that is the idea that the Democrats are pushing. And again, that is backed up by a certain amount of evidence. Number one, Trump tweeting on an ending the investigation, as I mentioned a moment ago, the Russia-Trump collusion story is a total hoax. When will this taxpayer-funded charade end? Uh, it's also backed up to a certain extent by the idea that Sean Spicer still doesn't have, that the administration still has no real explanation for why exactly they didn't fire Mike Flynn, the the national security advisor under Trump, for 18 days after they were informed that he was uh, in in basically in the pay of the Russians at a certain point in time. So all of this was, was not looking good for the Trump administration. Then the Trump administration makes it look even worse by some of the worst PR I have ever seen under any circumstances. Kellyanne Conway goes on TV and says the words you never want to say if people are accusing you of engaging in a cover up. She says this.
1: I mean, Chairman Burr has said it raises serious concerns. A Republican who's head of the Senate Intelligence Committee uh, investigation is concerned about the timing of all of this. So the same senators that just voted to confirm this man, whose integrity is not in doubt, 94 to 6, two short weeks ago, were supposed to believe, um, I think, the derogatory descriptions you just made of him. That's not fair. And it was Senator Schumer who said about Mr. Rosenstein on the Senate floor, and April right, 24th, Senator and I quote, voted, he yeah, has Senator developed Schumer a has reputation this is for integrity. Real he's saying essentially this is a cover-up today.
0: Well, he's wrong. It's not a cover-up. In fact, the president makes very clear in his letter the fact that Mr. Comey, on at least three occasions, assured the president that he is not under investigation. Yeah, when, president- when you say that it's not a cover-up, I just fired the guy who was leading the investigation. Again, they're, they're just, it's Nixonian. It's Nixonian, right? I mean, flashback. And I want to say this to the television audience. I made my mistakes, but in all of my years of public life,
1: I have never profited, never profited from public service. I've earned every cent. And in all of my years of public life, I have never obstructed justice. And I think, too, that I can say that in my years of public life, that I welcome this kind of examination because people have got to know whether or not their president is a crook Well, I'm not a crook. Whenever somebody
0: says this is not a cover-up, I'm not a crook, it never looks good on TV. And the Trump administration is doing itself no favors through all of this. Now, do I buy this theory? Do I buy this theory? I'll explain in a second why I don't buy this theory. But again... I don't know. This is the biggest problem with the Trump administration. Trump wants things done and no one says to him no. And then he trots out surrogates who kiss his ass on national television instead of giving good rationales for him doing what he's doing. So Sarah Huckabee Sanders goes on national TV on Tucker Carlson last night. And what does she say about the Trump-Russia investigation? Everybody is clamoring that this is a cover up because of the Trump-Russia stuff. What does she say? She says, well, let's kill the Trump-Russia investigation.
1: My gosh, Tucker, when are they gonna let that go? It's been going on for nearly a year. Frankly, it's kind of getting absurd. There's nothing there. We've heard that time and time again. We heard it in the testimonies earlier this week. We've heard it for the last 11 months. There is no there, there. It's time to move on and it's frankly, it's time to focus on the things that the American people care about.
0: It's time to move on from the Trump-Russia investigation. If you're trying to show that you didn't fire Comey to kill the Trump-Russia investigation, it is not smart to send your surrogate on TV to say that you want the Trump invest- Trump-Russia investigation to die. And it's not smart to, t- to tweet the day before you fire the guy that you want the Trump-Russia investigation to die. It's just, it's just stupid, okay? Like, if you want Trump to succeed, he needs to not do stupid. Now he's doing stupid things. He's doing stupid things, right? I mean, this is a stupid thing, and it's allowing the left to run wild over this entire thing. Chris Matthews is going crazy over on MSNBC saying it's a little whiff of fascism. Get up in the morning, come on to this show, and say this stuff. What we saw tonight is the rule of law does not matter. It's the rule of political power. Uh, you know, we hear President Trump say America first. Tonight, President Trump put himself first. A
1: little whiff of fascism tonight, I think it's fair to say. Absolutely. A little wish, a, whi- a little whiff of... I don't care about the law, I'm the boss.
0: Okay, and this is, the, this is the line that the Democrats are gonna take all the way through. Chuck Schumer taking this line today. Also, why did it happen? Because it's a cover up. we need a special investigator. Now, 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 this is their routine now.
1: Why did it happen today? We know the House is investigating Russian interference in our elections that benefited the Trump campaign. Were these investigations getting too close to home for the president? It is troubling. That Attorney General Sessions, who had recused himself from the Russian investigation, played a role in firing the man leading it.
0: Okay, so this is the routine the Democrats are going to play all the way down the line. So you've got theory number one, and you make up your mind on this. There's theory number one, that Trump fired him for simple incompetence, and the timing was all quinky dink. Okay, and then there's theory number two, which is that Trump fired Comey to stop the Trump-Russia investigation, even though there's no evidence from the Trump-Russia investigation that anything is going on. And then there is theory number three, and this is my theory. And you tell me if you think this theory is correct or whether this theory is incorrect. But here is my theory as to why Trump fired him. But for that, you're going to have to subscribe. <laughs> so go over to dailywire.com right now for $8 a month. You can become a subscriber to thedailywire.com or you can get your annual subscription, which will buy you also a free copy of The Arroyo, a fictional film set on our southern border about a rancher attempting to defend his land from the drug cartel's great action western by our own Jeremy Boring. And you can get that right now when you go over to dailywire.com. You can also watch the rest of the show live, be part of the mailbag tomorrow. And there are lots of other goodies coming, I promise. Uh, plus, if you just want to listen later, go over to iTunes or SoundCloud. You can listen to us live. Uh, Subscribe and leave a review. We always appreciate it. We are the largest conservative podcast in the nation. Okay, so I promise you, I'm gonna to get to my theory as to what was happening in just a second. But first I wanna say thank you to our advertisers over at stamps.com. So, when there's this much news, you don't have time to stand in line at the post office waiting for stamps. That's why you need stamps.com for all of your business and personal correspondence. Stamps.com allows you to go online, you can print the, the mailing the the mailing postage onto a piece of paper and tape it onto your postage. You can you can mail you can print it onto a sticker, you can print it directly onto the letterhead. You can print out your stamps basically from your desk. You never have to go to the post office again. And right now, if you enter Shapiro in the microphone search bar at stamps.com, you get a four week trial complete with postage and digital scale. Again, we use it here at the office to send important letters and packages. That digital scale comes in handy because it means you don't have to go down to the post office and wait in line. Save time, and time is money, so save money as well. Go to stamps.com. Before you do anything else, click on that radio icon, microphone at the top, and type in Shapiro. That gets you your four week trial with postage and digital scale. Which is an awesome deal. You can get that postage whenever you need it. It doesn't matter if the post office is closed. You can get your business done at all hours of the day. Stamps.com. Use that promo code Shapiro in the microphone search bar. Okay, so at long last, here is my theory as to what happened here, and I think it fits the evidence. Okay, so again, to recap, theory one incompetent on the non-indictment of Hillary Clinton led to Trump to fire Comey and he fired him now because Rod Rosenstein was just appointed Deputy Attorney General and his very first act in office was to write a letter basically recommending the firing. There's only two problems with this particular theory. One, it doesn't make sense that Trump would fire him over the Hillary stuff because he liked him over the Hillary stuff. And two, Rod Rosenstein's letter was written yesterday and he was fired the same day. And well, actually, there's a third piece of evidence, which is that nowhere in that letter does Rod Rosenstein explicitly call for the firing of James Comey. It looks more like a letter that was written to order by Rod Rosenstein on behalf of Attorney General Sessions and Donald Trump in order to make it so that Trump didn't have to take the blame for firing Comey. Apparently, the word from the White House is they were all blown away that this was even controversial since the entire left hates Comey and wanted Comey gone. Then there's theory number two. Theory number two is that Trump is covering something up. The Democratic theory that James Comey was on the verge of of uncovering the great Smoking gun that would make it clear that that Vladimir Putin was in fact using Donald Trump as uh, as his personal uh, vessel for unspeakable acts, as Stephen Colbert would put it, and that if james Col- and that if James Comey had been left in office, then this investigation would have gone forward, and everything would have been crap for Trump, so he had to fire comey it 's basically the Saturday night massacre in which. Richard Nixon fired the special prosecutor who was checking out Watergate. Okay, here is the third theory. There are problems with that theory, too. Number one, there's no evidence that Trump-Russia is actually a thing. Number two, it doesn't make a lot of sense that Trump would be this incompetent to fire Comey this way. He should have fired him. If he wanted to kill the investigation, he could have fired him right off the top. Um, But he didn't fire him right off the top. Instead, he allowed this thing to drag on for months. Okay, and here is theory number three, and this is my theory. Trump is not good at this. It's that simple. Trump is not good at this. Trump's a knee-jerk guy who does stuff that he wants to do and no one says no to him and everyone around him panders to him. So here's my theory. About a week and a half ago, A week ago, James Comey goes to the Hill and he testifies and he talks about Trump-Russia, and he's unwilling to say openly that there's no evidence of Trump-Russia. He keeps saying things are classified. Trump knows he didn't do anything wrong with Trump-Russia. Deep in the cockles of his heart, Trump actually thinks he's innocent. Trump thinks, I didn't do anything here. Mike Flynn might be guilty, but Mike Flynn was just a guy who worked with my campaign. What do I care? Paul Manafort might be guilty of something, but Paul Manafort was just a dude. I mean, that wasn't me. why, Why exactly am I getting targeted in all of this? James Comey has told me personally three separate times that I'm not the target of this investigation. So why do I keep hearing Trump Russia this and Trump Russia that? It's a bunch of crap. Why do people keep talking about this? And James Comey won't put an end to it. So fire that ass, right? I mean, that's basically the the theory that he said, get rid of that guy. I'm I'm sick of him. I'm tired of him. Get rid of him. And nobody in his inner circle has any sort of idea of how to control Trump. So nobody said to him, you know, Mr. President, if you do that, it's going to look like a cover up. Why don't we shift him out of power? Why don't we have a nice send off for him and say, James Comey's given this country wonderful service and we'll give him some sort of award and then he'll leave quietly and he'll go away and we'll replace him with somebody. And then the investigation will be completed in more expeditious fashion and we'll be done. And then you won't have to worry about it anymore. Instead, Trump said, fire that guy. Fire that a-hole. And then the next thing you know, the, the, the people in his administration say, yeah, this sounds awesome. Let's do it. And what are Democrats going to say? After all, they hate that guy. It'll be great. And so Trump fires him. And then there's blowback. So under this theory, Trump isn't necessarily guilty of collusion with Russia, at least not knowingly. He just wanted Comey gone because he's annoyed that Comey won't say what he knows to be true, which is that there is no Trump-Russia collusion. And he's sick of this thing dragging on forever. And he's sick of Comey taking up spotlight. And he's sick of Comey taking up time. So he says, get rid of him. Now, is that totally illegitimate? Is not completely illegitimate. It just demonstrates that Trump has no patience, that Trump has no strategic know-how, and that Trump basically just wants something to happen and expects it to happen right damn now. And he's gonna yell at people until it happens. And no one wants to be yelled at, so they all go, okay, Mr. President, we'll we'll go ahead and do that for you. And then next thing they know, there's blowback, because it turns out that when you fire somebody for not completing an investigation as fast as you want it to be completed, it looks a lot like you firing somebody for not completing an investigation in the manner in which you wanted completed, with the outcome you want, you know that is that, and, and that's the problem. So that's my working theory of all of this: is that Trump used, you know, late-breaking action, the, the sort of hubbub over Comey's testimony last week, as a pretext uh, in terms of public opinion in order to fire Comey, but really he just wanted him gone. And that doesn't mean he's guilty, but it does mean that he's not good at this; that he's pretty incompetent. Because as I put it earlier, essentially. What the Trump White House has proved today is that they are either incompetent at covering things up because everybody is now suspicious and it's going to draw more attention to the Trump-Russia investigation that Trump doesn't want to talk about, or they are so incompetent that they are incompetent at not covering things up and they make it look like a cover-up. So their incompetence is either so bad that they make an innocent thing look like a cover-up, or it's so bad that they make a cover-up look like a worse cover-up, right? That they're actually obvious in their cover-up. So... I have a basic rule in Washington, D.C. Never attribute to malice what you can attribute to stupidity and incompetence. That holds particularly true with the Trump administration, which has demonstrated incompetence on Mike Flynn, which has now demonstrated incompetence on the the, uh, the FBI director Comey. It's just easier to say that this is incompetence than to say that this is anything else. And there's a lot of evidence to support this particular theory. Trump's tweeting is the most obvious. He's not in control of his temper. He's not in control of the situation. And he's just tweeting things wildly, almost at random on Twitter today. This is not somebody who is who is thinking from some sort of strategic long term plan. If I cap this guy in the back of the head, we'll never have to worry about it again. But this is this is really, really silly. So here's my recommendation. Why don't we withhold judgment? Why don't we we withhold judgment on What exactly is happening here until we actually replace the FBI director with somebody else? Now, if Trump replaces the FBI director with Chris Christie and Chris Christie immediately moves to quash the investigation, then I think suspicions should grow more warranted. But if the investigation continues as before and he was just annoyed with Comey and that's all that's going on here and he's incompetent in his timing, then I think that this makes a little bit more sense and we'll see who he replaces him with. Okay, that's, that's my total and complete breakdown. You pick which of those theories you choose to believe. There's not enough evidence to support any of those theories conclusively. We cannot dismiss the theory that this was totally innocent. We can't dismiss the theory this was totally guilty. And we certainly can't dismiss the theory that it's somewhere in between. That basically it was Trump having a knee jerk reaction saying, get rid of call me, I hate this guy. And his people saying, yeah, let's do it. And then they do it, and then there's blowback. Okay, time for some things I like and then some things I hate, and then we'll do a little bit of Bibble Talk. So, things I like, we're doing things I like about things I hate this week. Great biographies ever. There, there's a biography of Huey Long by T. Harry Williams that is just fantastic. I don't think, have, have I recommended this on the show before? No. I don't think I've ever recommended this on the show. Uh, it's it's a fantastic, fantastic biography. T. Harry Williams is a historian who's largely forgotten these days. Very good historian. Uh, comes from the South and, uh, and has written uh, some great books about Reconstruction as well. His book on Huey Long is a masterpiece. Huey Long was a demagogue of the highest order and it just demonstrates that The the only difference between – the the book is is a very harsh look at Huey Long and how terrible he was, how dangerous he was. His last words after he was shot, he was assassinated, uh, and a lot of people thought he was going to be the president of the United States, that he was actually going to overthrow FDR, uh, the the book – um, the, the, it can't happen here. Uh, that that book by Sinclair Lewis was actually written about Huey Long. Uh, the, the Windrip, Senator Windrip, is supposed to be based, Buzz Windrip, who's the, the demagogue who takes over the country, is based on Huey Long very clearly in that book. Huey Long was shot to death. His last words as he was dying was, uh, "Don't let, please God, don't let me die. I still have so much more work to do, which is kind of sad, actually. The difference between Tragedy and serious tragedy in the form of a dictator who's really quite evil coming to power uh, is sometimes a bullet. And uh, it's not a good thing when American politicians are assassinated, obviously, but Huey Long was a very, very dangerous man. Uh, And this biography does him full justice. Huey Long by T. Harry Williams, really, really fascinating. Okay, other things that I like. So I thought the, the most hilarious thing surrounding This entire firing of James Comey happened last night on Stephen Colbert's show because everybody is flipping their positions back and forth. Nobody knows who stands where on Comey. So my position is very clear. I think Comey had to go. I think the timing of this thing is real weird uh, and uh, and at least ought to raise some hackles. I think that we have a right to be suspicious. I think when when Sarah Huckabee Sanders or when Kellyanne Conway comes out and says that no one has any excuse to question the president's timing, this is the same thing as Stephen Miller, you know, way back when, saying Trump will not be questioned. No, he'll be questioned. He's the president. We're allowed to question him, um, but. Basically, the entire right that loved James Comey after the election flipped on James Comey and now says he should be fired. And the entire left that hated James Comey has now flipped on James Comey and says he's wonderful. He never should have been fired. And you can see the confusion with Stephen Colbert's audience. So Colbert is obviously upset that Comey was fired because he thinks that theory number two is in operation. There's a giant cover up of the Trump-Russia collusion. But when he announces that James Comey has been fired by Trump, the crowd cheers. Listen to the crowd reaction. It's really funny. Huge story that broke just minutes ago, like less than 10 minutes ago. FBI Director James Comey has just been
1: fired by Donald Trump.
0: Wow. wow. Huge, huge Donald Trump fans here tonight. Okay, and he's really confused because what he wants is for people to be stunned and disturbed. But the problem is you spent a year and a half saying that James Comey is Satan. So after you spend a year and a half saying that James Comey is Satan, what do you think people are going to do? There are not a lot of Donald Trump fans in Stephen Colbert's audience. I promise you that. They're all Hillary fans. And they're thinking, James Comey, that jerk, it's that guy's fault that Hillary's not president right now. And so Colbert is all confused. He's like, wait a second. Wait, hold on. Hold up, guys. It's bad because, like, it's a cover up. But... The left has spent so much time polarizing the electorate and telling them James Comey is Satan that now when Comey is fired, they're all excited about it even though it's Trump who's doing the firing. This is really, really amusing. Okay, time for a couple of things that I hate. Uh So yesterday in the New York Times, there was a, there was a piece uh, by a writer named Lori I think it's, it's pronounced Jala, who's the National Director of Client Services at Human Coalition, which is a pro-life group. And this, her column suggested that abortion is not a solution to poverty, which is, of course, true. She said... Above all, it's a profoundly dehumanizing argument. It reduces mothers and their children to mere economic objects and amounts to saying we are justified in killing those who impede our economic progress. Parenting presents undeniable challenges, but no one argues that those challenges give parents the right to kill their children, which, of course, is 100 percent true. Right. I mean, if you're poor and you have a three year old, you don't get to toss your three year old off a bridge because you're poor and it would give you more economic opportunity. The person who got upset about this is a gal named Jill Filipovich. So Jill Filipovich is is a big feminist author, and she got very upset. She says abortion is a wonderful thing no matter what the circumstance, including poverty. My favorite line—she wrote this long Twitter diatribe about all of this. My favorite line is what she says near the end of this diatribe. Here's what she says. She says, even great social and health policies wouldn't bring the abortion rate to zero. Many women have abortions because they do not want a child now. We need to be honest. Women don't have abortions only out of economic constraint. Okay, at least she's being honest, that's true. In fact, most abortions have nothing to do with economic constraints. says abortion means better economic opportunity for women. It means better and less fearful sex. That's something we usually don't want to say. And it's not taking responsibility to force a woman to carry a pregnancy to term. For many, ending a pregnancy is taking a responsibility. If you can't afford a child, don't want a child, or don't want to carry a pregnancy to term for any reason, abortion is responsible. Okay, let me rewrite that, okay? If you can't afford a child, don't want a child or don't want to carry a child around on your, on your hip, and then killing the child is responsible. You, you see the inherent problem with this particular logic? I do love the idea that you should be able to kill a seven-month-old baby in the womb because that way you'll have better and less fearful sex. Because clearly that's on most women's mind when they're having sex is, oh no, I might get pregnant and then I'll have to have an abortion. Okay, That is not actually what's on most women's mind. In fact, I can guarantee you that what is on a woman's mind when she is having irresponsible sex and getting pregnant is not getting pregnant because then she regrets it, right? So clearly she's not thinking about that. If she's thinking about that, she'd use contraception. So that doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. Note to Jill Filipovich, if you actually want women to have better and, uh, and more enjoyable sex... And then they should get married by every available poll. Married women have better and more enjoyable sex than single women because there's more security in knowing that the guy isn't going to take off in the morning. So, you know, that's, again, feminists just showing that abortion uh, has to do more with convenience than it has to do uh, with morality. Okay, let's do a little bit of Bible talk. So this week in in the Jewish religion, we read the portion from Vayikra, from, from Leviticus, uh, called Emor. And this is a section from this particular Torah portion from the book of Leviticus twenty three twenty two. It says, When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not completely remove the corner of your field during your harvesting. You shall not gather up the gleanings of your harvest. Rather, you shall leave these for the poor person and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. So, most tithing in the Bible actually refers to bringing a bunch of your produce, your 10% of your produce, to the Levites, right? It's it's a priestly case that you're supposed to give the charity to, but it's not actually giving the charity to the poor. This is explicitly about giving charity to the poor. Notice a couple of things here. It's not a welfare program, right? It says you're supposed to leave the corner of your field unpicked, ungleaned. Why? Why wouldn't you pick it, glean it, and then hand it to the poor? The answer is that God would like the poor to work even for the charity that they receive. And it's interesting, it doesn't actually specify in this particular section of the Torah, it doesn't specify what measure of the field ought to be left ungleaned, right? What what measure of the field you're supposed to leave unpicked. Is it one-tenth? Is it one-sixtieth? It doesn't really say. The Talmud later establishes, the rabbis say that you shouldn't do any less than one-sixtieth, but... It's kind of fascinating that the Torah uh, is, is pretty clear about the idea that even if you're going to give charity, that people who are receiving charity have a responsibility to go out and work for it. You should actually be training people to work is sort of the biblical message here. Another thing that's worth noting in this particular part of the Bible is from Leviticus 24. uh, If a man strikes down any human being, he shall be put to death. One who slays an animal shall pay for it, the value of a life for the life he took. A man who inflicts an injury upon his fellow man, just as he did, so shall be done to him. Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, just as he inflicted an injury upon a person, so shall it be inflicted upon him. And the one who injures an animal shall pay for it, and one who strikes a person shall be put to death. This is the part where a bunch of people get wrong in the Old Testament. They think that this is literal, that this means that if you hit somebody then this means that you should, you, that you should you know, be hit in return. That's not actually what it means. What it actually means is that you are supposed to pay the value of the wound that you inflict. And the reason that we know this from the Talmud is that it occurs in the section of the Bible specifically talking about payments, right? It's talking about financial payments. This is why I give the context. One who slays an animal shall pay for it the value of a life for the life that he took. Right? If you slay an animal, you have to pay for the animal, and then it talks about wounding, and then it goes back to if you actually strike a person, then you're put to death. This is different than the Hammurabi Code. The Hammurabi Code means this very literally. In fact, Islam still takes this literally but it's meant figuratively, and it is speaking about the value of the injury that you do is supposed to be repaid. I like to clarify that because I think people should get the proper interpretation of the Torah that has been the historic Jewish interpretation for thousands of years. Okay, so we'll bring you more from the fallout from the James Comey firing tomorrow, and you think on it. Think about which of those three theories applies and appeals to you as far as why Trump fired Comey. I'm sure we'll have more information by this time tomorrow. Stay tuned to find out. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show.